Please open your Bibles with me to Psalm 4, the fourth Psalm. Hear me when I call, God of my righteousness. God is all my righteousness, because He is all my salvation. And He is all my salvation, because He is all my righteousness. Indeed, beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ is the God of all of our salvation and all of our righteousness. God's Word declares, Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. The blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. Beloved, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free, justified from all things which we could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beloved, we're justified, declared not guilty in God's sight, through our union with the Lord Jesus Christ, who we know and love as the Lord of our righteousness. Our God, who is rich in mercy, sets forth in His very own word, speaking on this wise of His beloved people, Their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. My friend, the beloved believing sinner rests in Christ, For he's no longer going about to establish a righteousness of his own, but rather willingly and lovingly, by the new birth, submits unto the God of his righteousness, the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, that's the gospel. The gospel is Christ, and Christ is the gospel. Beloved, that's the gospel. For the Lord Jesus Christ is made for the believer to be our very wisdom righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. My sinner friend, my righteousness is of Him. It comes from Him, it was established by Him, and it's imputed by Him. A righteousness that the Lord Jesus Himself accomplished on our behalf, accepted of the Father. A righteousness established, worked for us, and we cry unto Him to deliver us in, by, and through His righteousness Alone. Turn with me to Psalm 71. Verse 1. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Be thou my strong habitation whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me for thou art my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O Lord, in thy righteousness. Cause me to escape. O Lord, save me for thou hast given commandment to save me. Thou art my rock and my fortress. Oh, the blessedness to believe, to trust, to rest in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 16. I will go in the strength of the Lord. I will make mention of thy righteousness. 
even of thine only. My friend, do you know why the psalmist declares, I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only? Because my sinner friend, the only righteousness, the only goodness acceptable to God is his righteousness. All right, turn to Psalm 4, verse 1. Psalm 4, verse 1. Hear me, hear me, when I call, O God of my righteousness, thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Please, Lord, have mercy upon me. Hear my prayer. Have grace upon me. Have mercy upon me. Lord, when I call, hear me. Hear my prayer. What a blessed privilege the believing sinner has. Every son and daughter of God, adopted into his family by sovereign free grace, has been granted the distinct privilege to call upon our God, Abba, Father. O Father, hear my cry. Indeed, beloved, he hears the cry of his people as they call upon the Lord. What a distinct, particular privilege we have to call upon him. My friend, do you know how you may call upon him? Turn with me to Psalm 145. And look there with me in verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. Indeed, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a contrite, indeed, broken heart, and saveth such that be of a contrite spirit. Our Lord declares, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Beloved, all who call upon the Father, all who cometh unto the Father in truth, call upon the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith, the God of our salvation. My friend, we call upon him, for salvation is of the Lord. And as we saw there last week in the concluding verse of Psalm 3, salvation belongeth unto the Lord, and his blessing is upon his people. Look there again in Psalm 4. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. When I was in the pit, when I was in the clutches of death, sin, guilt, and despair, yet you have enlarged me by the liberty you have freely given me in your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, what a blessing. The eternal Everlasting mercies he's given us before the foundation of the world. Five times the psalmist records these words, Thou hast delivered me. O God, you have delivered me. O God, you have delivered my soul from the lowest hell. O God, you have enlarged me and set me free. My friend, this is the believer's experience of grace. Christ Set us free. Beloved, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. My friend, if you do anything with the vain religious thought or idea that what you've done 
in any way has commended you to God, Christ shall profit you nothing. Turn with me to Isaiah 61. Here we read Isaiah setting forth the word of prophecy regarding the Lord Jesus Christ some 800 years before the Lord came. Isaiah writing about the ministry of the coming Messiah, the ministry that our Heavenly Father would grant His beloved Son 800 years before He came. Now when the Lord did come, He went to His hometown and stood up in that synagogue. And on that day, they delivered Him the book of Isaiah. The account is recorded for us in Luke chapter 4. Our Lord reads this from Isaiah chapter 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath set me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And after the Lord read that portion, he sat down and said, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. In Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3, God's word declares that he was appointed, if you look there, verse 3, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. My friend, this is what the psalmist is setting forth in Psalm 4, verse 1. O God of my righteousness, you have set me free when I was in distress. My friend, sinners only have deliverance from our sin and all our guilt and condemnation through the Lord Jesus Christ. He redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. He set us free. And beloved, here's our prayer there in the concluding part of verse 1. Psalm 4, verse 1. Have mercy on me. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. O God, be gracious unto me and have mercy on me. This is the believer's cry before God. Indeed, under the throne of God's grace. David's cry, and indeed every believer's cry unto God is, Have mercy upon me, hear my prayer, O God, hear my cry. What is our prayer for? Mercy. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto them, all them, that call upon thee. Now, I don't want justice. I don't want my due. I don't want what's coming to me. I don't want what I've earned. For my wages of sin is death. But oh, how we call out to God as mercy beggars, begging, have mercy upon me. You remember how the publican called out to the Lord as he bowed his heart and smote upon his breast? He cried, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And our Lord said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified 
rather than the other. Beloved, it's because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Indeed, great is His faithfulness. Turn with me to Psalm 51, please. Psalm 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. I sinned against you, and against you only have I done this evil in your sight, that thou mightest be justified when you speak and clear when thou judge. What is David saying? Simply this. Lord, if you give me what I deserve, I deserve your just condemnation. But God had mercy upon me. Lord, have mercy upon me. Indeed, beloved, God's word says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, He saved us. All right, turn to Psalm 4. Now, some of you may have a marginal reference referring to the phrase, have mercy upon me, there in verse 1. That could also also be expressed as, be gracious unto me. My friend, grace is God giving us what we do not deserve. For our Heavenly Father spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. How shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? My friend, God giving us His Son, that is God giving us what we do not deserve by His being gracious unto us. And my friend, mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. For we deserve distress. We deserve Condemnation. We deserve trouble for our sin. But thanks be to God, He delights to show mercy to the miserable and grace to the guilty. My friend, do you know God came into the world to dwell among us as a man? Do you know that? Listen to these words from God's Word. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus, the Lord, came into the world to save sinners. How rare it is to find a sinner. Now, I'm not talking about that man or woman who will freely admit that they're not perfect. Rather, I'm talking about that sanctified man or woman who God has taught that in their flesh no good thing dwells and that before a holy God left to themselves, all they are is evil. Not many sinners out there, really. Just a whole lot of pretenders thinking vainly to themselves, I'm okay, and that you're okay. No, my unbelieving friend, we're not okay. We're in trouble. For apart from God's grace and mercy in Christ, we're doomed. But God came into the world to save sinners. Psalm 4, verse 2. 
O ye sons of men, O ye sons of Adam, fallen, ruined, guilty, and totally depraved, how long will you turn my glory, the glory of God, into shame? How long will you love vanity and seek after leasing? How long will you seek after lies? How long? What a solemn description of those who hate God. Those who are going about to establish their own salvation through their own doing rather than what the Lord has done. These ungodly men would turn the glory of God into a shameful thing. My friend, do you know what the glory of God is? It's recorded for us in God's word. Moses begged the Lord saying, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Do you remember what the Lord said? I will make all my goodness to pass before you. That's Christ. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. My friend, God's greatest glory is my greatest need. His sovereign grace and mercy in Christ. But there are many rebellions against God that would turn his glory, the glory of his sovereign grace and mercy in Christ, into a shameful thing. And my friend, that's going on in religious circles every day. You hear the enmity that is in the natural man as he rises up against God's sovereign grace and mercy and says things like, well, that's not fair. They say, well, that's not a fair God. God saving whom he will. That's not right. I love what Paul says to those who would be enemies to God's sovereign mercy and grace in Christ. O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? My friend, who are you? Who do you think you are to reply against God? Has not the potter power over the clay to make one lump unto honor and another unto dishonor? Psalm 4, verse 2. O ye sons of men, you wicked sons and daughters of Adam, how long will you turn my glory into a shameful thing? And then look there in the latter part of verse 2. How long will you love vanity? Do you know what vanity is? Nothing. Emptiness. Less than nothing. Indeed, man at his best state is altogether vanity. How long will you love a vain show of what is nothing more than a filthy rag? How long will you love the vanity of salvation by your filthy works? The Lord said to those Pharisees, You are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. How long will you love vanity? My friend, don't go the way that seems right unto you. Don't go that way. That way ends in the way of death. Look in the latter part of verse 2. Psalm 4, verse 2. How long, O you rebels, will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love vanity and seek after lying? Seeking after those false prophets that prophesy falsely. And my friend, if God should leave you to yourself, you'll love to have it so. The sons of Adam, 
by nature don't love the truth, but oh, how they love vanity, and left to themselves, they seek after lies. One of the biggest lies that's been foisted upon our day is that God loves everybody. I've seen a bumper sticker both in English and just recently in Spanish that says, Smile, God loves you. Now, if you despise his son, God does not love you. Not if you hate the God who saves whom he's pleased to save. Not if you believe that salvation was made possible and now it's up to man to save himself. My friend, do you think that God has one vote and Satan has the other one? And you're the one who casts the deciding vote as to whether you're not, whether or not you're saved? God give you grace to receive his son. For God's people were born not of blood. Someone's not saved because their mom and, or dad is a believer. Nor the will of the flesh. The free will of man has nothing to do with being saved. Nor the will of man. A pastor or a priest doesn't have anything to do with it. But God. My sinner friend, if you believe on the Son of God, it's because He saved you. You don't believe to be saved. Rather, you believe because He has saved you already. Another lie foisted upon us today is that Christ died for everybody. If you have ears to hear my Lord, you'll know that that's an antichrist lie. For Christ said, I give my life for the sheep. My friend, the love of God is in Christ, and the Lord Jesus Christ died for his people. My friend, how long will you seek after lies? I tell you what, you'll keep seeking after lies until God makes you to differ, until God makes a difference in you. God's word declares to his people, the people he has made to differ by his sovereign grace in Christ. Who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou did not receive of God? Beloved, it is only by his sovereign grace, only by his sovereign mercy that we love his glory, that we love him and follow the truth and not after the vanity of Satan's lies. My friend, did someone tell you to save yourself? To do the best you can and everything will be okay? No, my friend, that is the way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Beloved, it's only by His grace that we love His glory. It's only by His grace that we love the truth as it is found in Christ and not the lies of Satan. His people know, by grace I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And we love him, beloved, only because he first loved us. All right, Psalm 4, verse 3. But know that the Lord, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, but know this, indeed we know, beloved, that we're not redeemed with corruptible things, but with the precious blood of Christ. But know this, the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Beloved, the Lord has sovereignly set apart a people for himself. 
My, my friend, do you know what that is? I'll tell you very simply. That's election. God has chosen a people for himself. Did David rejoice in the Bible truth of election? That is God choosing a people unto salvation? Abraham rejoiced in it. Turn to Psalm 65. Our Lord said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. The Apostle Paul rejoiced in the Bible truth of election. What about Peter? Peter rejoiced in that electing love of God, the electing grace of God in Christ. Psalm 65. Look there in verse 4. <laughs> Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causes to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. Beloved, God didn't choose us because we were holy. He chose us in Christ Jesus to make us holy. That's exactly what the gospel of God's word says. God's word declares in Ephesians chapter 1, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Turn over there with me. Ephesians chapter 1. The natural man will not and cannot receive the gospel. I'm going to read to you, but oh, beloved, <laughs> you receive it because God has made you to differ in his beloved son. Verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. My sinner friend, God has set His people apart and made them holy in Christ. And He did this for Himself, for His glory. God loved the Lord Jesus Christ so much that He determined from all eternity to populate heaven with people just like Him. My friend, that's what predestination is all about predestinated to be conformed to the image of His Son. Beloved, believing sinner, we are the elect of God chosen in Him. C.H. Spurgeon, in his commentary upon this psalm, and in particular on the truth of election, writes, quote, Election is the guarantee of complete salvation and an argument for success at the throne of grace. He who chose us for himself will surely hear our prayers. The Lord's elect shall not be condemned, nor shall their cry be unheard. Indeed, God's own word says to the sinner trusting in Christ, Let us therefore come, bold, therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Beloved, the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. 
Spurgeon, Spurgeon further reflects upon this blessed verse, writing, quote, Since he chose to love us, he cannot but choose to hear us. Beloved, God sovereignly hears us when we cry unto our Heavenly Father in, by, and through his beloved Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul declares in Hebrews chapter 4, indeed God's own word declares, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens for us, whoever intercedes for us, and he tells us in his word to come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. My sinner friend, come with liberty, come with freedom to find grace to help in time of need. When is my time of need? When is your time of need? All the time. (laughs) All the time. Psalm 4. Verse 4. Stand in awe. My sinner friend, stand in reverence in your heart before him. Stand in awe. Believe him and worship him. Sin not. God's word declares, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. Oh, how I wish I could never sin again. (laughs) But oh, I'm so thankful that we have an advocate. God's word declares, If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. One day, beloved, I'll never sin. One day, beloved, you'll never sin. We'll never sin again when this rotten flesh is put in the grave and I stand in awe of him. Indeed, I do as much as I can in this cadaver I walk around with, in this old wretched man that I am. I do stand in awe of him and it is my ardent desire to never sin again, to never sin against God. Indeed, that is the the desire of God's people. The apostle wrote, My little children, these things I write unto you, that you sin not, but when you do, and we do, know this, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, but we stand in awe of him. Psalm 4, verse 4. Commune with him, commune with your own heart. Now, this is not that old Adam nature. This is the new nature given in regeneration. For that old sinful Adam, that old sinful Adam nature, doesn't commune with God in the heart. That old Adam carnal nature doesn't think upon God. But this is that new nature, that new opened heart. He said, I'll take away that stony heart and I'll give you a new heart. Commune with him. Worship him in your heart and do it upon your bed in the quietness of your own bedroom and be still. Be still and stand in awe before him. Tremble before the Lord. Proceed no further in sinning against him. Wave the flag and surrender to him in complete submission. My friends, stand in awe of him. Bow down to him right now. God's word declares, Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. 
be still. Turn with me to Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Beloved, be still. Psalm 4, verse 5. Psalm 4, verse 5. Beloved, Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Beloved, believing sinner, be still and know that He is God. Look to the sacrifices of His righteousness, not ours, beloved, but ever so blessedly His, for salvation is of the Lord. My sinner friend, find your total hope of forgiveness in the once for all finished sacrifice of Christ. For with him, there is plenteous redemption. Beloved, notice our portion does not set forth, offer the sacrifice of righteousness, but rather offer the sacrifices, plural, of righteousness. Oh, the excellency of his righteousness and sufficiency of his blood. Beloved, by the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, all (laughs) our sins have been put away. Turn with me to Psalm 130. Verse 7. Let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. He shall save his people from their sins. And beloved, he did just that. The total hope of our forgiveness before God is that glorious sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he has obtained for us, not with the blood of bulls and goats, But with his own precious blood, he has obtained for us eternal redemption. Beloved, he appeared once to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. God bought us with his own blood. My sinner friend, put your trust in him. Who else would you put your trust in? You can't trust yourself. Does everything you do prosper? God's word declares Every Jew and Gentile that puts their trust in Christ are the true Israel, which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. My sinner friend, trust in the Lord. Put your trust in Him who shall not fail. God grant you to say with David, O Lord my God, In thee do I put my trust. Save me from all them that persecute me and deliver me. Oh, the blessedness to trust him. My friend, flee to the Lord Jesus Christ and find in him plenteous redemption. Psalm 4, verse 6.
There are many that would say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Many a rebel in their carnal thinking would cry out against God in anger and disbelief and would say something like, Well, who will show us any good? My sinner friend, God is good. He is good to his people. Sinners that look to the Lord. Sinners that cry out with a holy confidence. Lord, lift thou up your favor upon me. Let your presence be upon me. For Christ is my light. Christ is my life. Christ is my liberty. Christ is my all and in all. Lord, lift thou up your favor upon me. Beloved, he has commanded the light to shine upon us. O Lord, lift up the light of your countenance upon us and make Christ to shine. The glory of God shines in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn us, O God. Look there with me in Psalm 80. Psalm 80. Verse 3. If you are to be saved, my friend, God must turn you. He must turn us all. Verse 3. Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we'll be saved. Verse 7. Turn us again, O God of hosts, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. All right, return to Psalm 4, verse 7. Psalm 4, verse 7. Thou hast put gladness in my heart. He put Christ in my heart. More gladness in my heart than in the time that their corn and their wine increased. Beloved, our Heavenly Father has given us much more gladness than than what is seen in this world, much more than corn or wine. For he's given us that new heart by, through, and in Christ Jesus, indeed Christ in the heart. Beloved, Christ in the heart is better than corn in the barn or wine in the vat. My friend, Christ in the heart is better than millions in the bank. For Christ in the heart is salvation, the sure hope of glory. Beloved, our Heavenly Father has given us an everlasting consolation, a good hope through grace in His beloved Son, Christ Jesus the Lord. He's put gladness in our heart. My friend, for the believer, worship is not burdensome. David said, Oh, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. It's the highlight of our life as we look forward to that eternal day of worship. Oh, to worship Him without sin, to worship Him without distraction, to worship Him and see Him face to face and sing unto Him who loved us and washed us from our sin in His own blood. Psalm 4, verse 8. 
I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Beloved, we do rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory. Thanks be to God who's given us the unspeakable gift of his only begotten Son. I will lay me down in peace and sleep, for the Lord only make us to dwell in safety. Turn over there in Psalm 17. I lay me down in peace. My friend, this is the believer's confidence because we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He made peace with his own, for his own people with his own blood. He accomplished our warfare. Therefore, we can lay down our life at the end of our journey when the Lord says it's enough. For a man's days are determined of God. We can lay down at the end of our journey in sweet rest in Christ Jesus and awake, as God's words declares there in verse 15, awake beholding thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with your likeness. Beloved, we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. My friend, the Lord declares in Psalm 116, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Indeed, God's word declares in Revelation chapter 14, verse 13, Blessed are the dead which die in Christ. Indeed, die in the Lord. Beloved believing sinner, our death is not punishment, but ever so blessedly, it's promotion. For to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Return with me to Psalm 4, verse 8. Look there at the conclusion of the verse. For thou, Lord, only makest me to dwell in safety. Beloved, we're kept by the power of God, kept by the faithfulness, the uprightness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me to Psalm 62. Look there with me in verse 2. He only, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Verse 4. They only consult to cast Him down from His excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. Verse 5. My soul... Wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. He only, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us.
He only make me to dwell in safety. I lay me down in peace. And turn with me to Isaiah chapter 32. We've looked at this scripture before. I pray that it will be heard afresh this morning and bless and comfort your hearts. Isaiah 32. Beloved, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the effect of his righteousness is the work of righteousness. Verse 32, verse 17. And the work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. Beloved, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the effect of his righteousness, his work of righteousness, shall be peace and the effect of righteousness Christ, our righteousness, is quietness and assurance forever. Verse 18. And my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation, in insured dwellings, and in quiet resting places. Amen. I know the Lord will bless his people with his word. Indeed, in, with, and by the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.